U.S. under-20s, what a run it was at the World Cup as they were just moments away from a semifinal appearance at the U-20 World Cup. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man? Not much, Garrett. It's uh, been a, a bit of a crazy weekend. There's so much stuff popping off. You got the uh, U-20 World Cup, Women's World Cup, MLS, European qualifiers, NASL, Americans Abroad, Jurassic World opening. Uh, Game of Thrones season finale. <laughs> you name it, there was something going on. Did, did you see Jurassic World? Of course I did. And? I thought it was good. Kids liked it. I liked it. It was good. I, can't right. complain. I got zero complaints. It was good. My brother said it was pretty good, too, after I destroyed it what, a couple shows ago. So I may have to see it now. Yeah, you would, you would have hated my, my, my viewing for the day because I suspended all reality and I watched a dinosaur movie. And I watch Game of Thrones, which is, which is obviously not based in reality. No, not not at all, not at all. Uh, well, I was, as you said, uh, jam packed weekend. Good thing for for the American soccer fans was that last night was the U twenty. Well, depending on your time, was the U twenty match between the U S. and Serbia. Uh, outstanding match, good on one level because a lot of fans got to see it for the first time. It was, it was technically the early game of the World Cup, so it was a decent start. And for the U20s, I mean, what a fantastic run for them it was in the World Cup. Unfortunately for them, they lose on penalties after the match uh, and it's scoreless between the two sides. Uh, but overall, Ivis, I mean, what a run. Unfortunately, they just couldn't get to the semifinals, but uh, a lot of things that U.S. soccer fans and U.S. soccer can take from this, lots of positives from this run from the U20s. Right. I mean, it, it, it's uh, right now uh, or right after that, or and I think for a little bit, there, there's a kind of lingering bad taste of the way it ended. Right. I mean, you had, you had a bad round of penalty kicks, uh, four different players uh, missed penalties uh, or had them saved. Uh, but then uh, obviously Zach Steffen was amazing in the penalties uh, shootout and in the game. But I mean, when the dust settles, people, are, I, I think there's still more positives to take away from this mm-hmm. tournament for the U.S. than negatives. And uh it's easy to kind of lose lose yourself in these kind of competitions as a fan and, and as a follower. You kind of you get caught up in the results. You get caught up in, in, in how far a team can go. And when it comes to these, you know, youth tournaments, it's, it's really about uh, the players kind of developing, getting that opportunity to play in a, in a high level competition because that can help them grow. And, and and these players had that opportunity. It's not something that every group gets. I mean, obviously. Uh, the 2011 group uh, didn't didn't uh, qualify for the U20, under 20 World Cup, and uh, this group not only qualified, but they they got as far as the 2007 group, the Michael Bradley Josie Altidore uh, group, and and they did well. There were there were there were quite a few players that, for my money, really boosted their stock, really looked like promising prospects. I know the I know the bandwagons are already in full swing, and a lot of them, um, and people really should calm down a little bit. But I mean, I, I, for me, if you're a U.S. fan, you should feel good about the future because there's there's quite a bit of talent on that on in that group. Well this age group and the young groups, I mean I think you're starting to see a lot of these guys are guys who have been part of the US Soccer Academy system for the last couple of years. You know, I guess it's still back and forth on what the results that have produced. But, you know, I think that this generation lower, I mean, these guys are going to be the future of U.S. soccer. Plus, the one thing, Ivis, when you look at the roster, I mean, you have so many guys who are professionals already, have made their debuts, are contributing big, big, uh, big minutes for their clubs, like Emerson Hyman, for example. I mean, he's a guy, along with, you could say, Bradford Jameson before he got injured, um, Gideon Zayla Lim, I mean, Cameron Carter Vickers. I mean, a lot of guys I've showed a lot of promise where, man, in a couple years from now, I mean, these guys could potentially be contributing members, members of the of the men's national team. Right. I mean, some of these guys obviously are going to be parts of the national team going forward. Um, I, I think, if anything, it's, it's, it's great to see the progress from the standpoint of, like you said, this group had more pros than that, than any group before it. It had fewer co- uh, college players, mm-hmm. um, and had players who had some experience playing on a professional level. And I, I think the next step from then will be to have even more players and players playing at better at bigger clubs. I mean, obviously Emerson Hyman's a player who, who's gotten time at Fulham, but for some of these other, and you know, some of the MLS guys have broken through this year uh, specifically, uh, like a Bradford Jamison, uh, like a Matt Miaska. Um, but there's there's still, you know, a bit of ways to go for some other guys. And maybe the next cycle we'll see uh, even more players who, who have already gotten in, enough good experience under that belt so that when they come into this competition, uh, it's really it's there's really no being phased or, or feeling overwhelmed because you've already played at a high level. Um, and I see, I mean, I think that progression is happening. I mean, I think, uh, you know, as each cycle the last couple of cycles, you've seen that kind of upward arc and, and 
you know, the next groups, there's, there's already, you know, a lot of talk about the, the talent coming up for the next U20 group. Um, so I think it's great. It's great to see. As far as this group, I mean, mm-hmm. there was there are clearly some guys who cool. who, who are going to be on the national team a couple of years from now. But, I mean, I think people need to calm down about, you know, oh, this year or or whatever. Give, give these give these guys a couple of years before before you want to get them rolling with the full senior team. Well, we okay, but when you look at the team overall as a gentleman, there's obviously always going to be guys who are going to stand out, you know, be you know, already step forward against their peers already. And, and when you look at this roster, I mean, along with the guys that we've discussed, you throw in Rubio Rubin, um, Zach Steffen. I mean, in your opinion, who raised his game the most and who do you think came away as kind of the, the star of this U20 group? Someone that, you know, we definitely see being a big player for, for the national teams going forward and club, club-wise club as well. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you can't really just say, oh, okay, because they did well, they're going to do – it's going to translate because for some of these guys, they still have to get to that where, where they're going. They still have to get to that point. I mean, Rubio Rubin just finished his first year as a pro. So, I mean, he looked good, uh, especially the early games of the tournament. Uh, not so much in the last game, but, you know, he's a guy who still has some room to grow. Cameron Carter-Vickers, I know, is a real popular guy right now in terms of U.S. fans that are really excited about him. But, again, he's still a few steps away from being a a player at Tottenham. And he's young. He's 17 years old. That's the crazy part. It's crazy to think about. Uh, well, he's he, he just turned uh, 18 or he just turned 17? He turned 17 on the 31st of uh, December. That's right. He met, he met, He's 17 right now. He just, by one day, missed being on the under-17, being eligible for the under-17 team. That's insane. But, I mean, again, he still has a lot of room to grow. Uh, someone like Emerson Hyman, even, even though he's already had a year of minutes under his belt, he has room to grow. So, for a lot of these guys, they still have to put the years in to grow into the players that will be national team players. And you can't take those steps for granted. You can't just assume, okay, look, he looks good now. He's gonna. It's just gonna be the natural progression because we see it all the time. Guys who just, you know, they they look good early, they look good at a young age, and then they don't and they don't head on the right arc. That being said, there's quite a few good talents. The ones that stood out for me, uh, Zach Steffen, I thought was really good. And obviously, I've been talking about Zach Steffen for for how long on on this show now, as a really top notch prospect like that kind of once in a generation type goalkeeper so for the u.s and he is that next shining star and now people know now the word is out on on stefan um carter rickers is another one i think he's still young though so all the talk about olympic qualifying and let's see him for the copa america 2016 and all that like settled down he's 17 he's a he's a he's damn good for a 17 year old and, and a damn good u20 um, but he still has a way to go. He still has a way to go before he's going to be playing minutes in the Premier League. That's, I mean, he's got some steps to take. But he impressed me. And a, a guy who I don't think is getting enough love is Paul Ariola. I thought Paul Ariola was yeah. consistent. He was, he was good and he was consistent. I mean, he, I thought he brought it every single game. Um, and it's, and, and I don't think he gets enough credit for the work that he does off the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's tenacious. He's, he's, he's running up and down the field. I mean, he's you know he he he's got a bright future, and I think clubs I think uh, clubs are definitely going to be interested in him after having watched him in this tournament. I mean, I think those guys stand out for me. Uh, Miaska, obviously, I thought had a good tournament. I think those guys, in terms of full body of work of the tournament and con- being consistent, those guys stood out. Rubio Rubin, obviously, the first uh, first few games. You want to talk about the group stage? He was, he was probably the best group stage player. Um, the knockout rounds, he, 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 it kind of wasn't as, uh, you know, obviously they scored the goal against Columbia, but this last game, that 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 left a little bit of a sour taste. But I think that I think if you, if you want to talk about someone who's closest on the uh, in this team to really kind of make an impact on the national team, I mean, he already got, he already has a start under his belt with the with the full national team. Uh, I think he's he's a guy who's going to be a part of the Olympic qualifying campaign. So I think he's he's got a bright future. And then Emerson Heinemann, who uh, yes, he was he was quieter in the knockout rounds. Although I thought I thought he really stepped it up against Colombia, um, but he had a quiet game against the, against Serbia, and uh, so I think people are going to come away not as high on him as maybe they should be. But I tell you what, that I mean, Emerson Hyman has a really bright future. Well, and you mentioned bright future, and, and you just mentioned this guy, Cameron Carter Vickers. The crazy thing about him, Ivis, and and a player like. Gideon Zalalim, which this is the first time for U.S. soccer fans to see him at an extended period of time, and look, he looked good against players his age, against uh, senior national team players. He's not ready for that level yet, but Zalalim definitely still some promise. The crazy thing about those two guys, also throwing Eric Palmer Brown, I mean, these guys are still young enough that they can still be in the next U twenty World Cup cycle. I mean, it's crazy to think how young they are and how good they looked against players their age, or just a year older than them. 
Right. Well, no, I mean, well, they're actually they were all about they were all since they're all in the next cycle. That's at least two years. So, I mean, not Pom- I mean, Palmer Brown didn't really show me much. But as far as Car- uh, obviously Carter Vickers and, and I thought Zellum showed some really good flashes and 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 you know he he's got I mean the skill is there, right? I mean, I know he did he didn't really impose himself uh, in any other game other than the. Other than the New Zealand game, but I mean, I thought he showed some qualities. I mean, I thought he showed some really good qualities throughout the tournament. He just has to grow, he has to mature, he has to get stronger. But I mean, again, he he's playing up. I mean, he's he's you know really old enough to play for the next group. So I thought I thought that was good. And, and overall, I mean, just to kind of put a overall like view on the whole thing. I mean, I mean, it, it does need to be said that you know injuries did play a part for how far this group could get. I mean, you, you right away you lose Russell News, who. Uh, they, it was a big loss. I mean, they missed him uh, so much in defensive midfield. And and look, Marky Delgado, you know, he 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 was put he was put on the team to play a role, and he just he just he just didn't really ha- he couldn't really handle the role that well. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, we're talking about a player who just is, hasn't gotten minutes, isn't getting minutes uh, at Toronto FC, and he just didn't look good. And and ultimately, Tab Ramos, you know. It, Every coach, I'm sure, looks at at some of the roster decisions, and maybe there'll be one or two that, if they had to do over again, they would have done over again. And I gotta think, Marky Delgado was a guy who, you know what? If he had a chance to go in a time machine, he'd probably go back and pick someone else. I mean, someone for me, like Christian Roldan, who look, he's not a pure defensive midfielder, but he's someone who could play in a deep role and be and be that connector in, in a deep midfield position. And they missed that. They absolutely needed that, especially with the players that they had. In their midfield, I mean, I really think Delgado. Uh, you know, the, I feel like the midfield was ham, was hamstrung by Delgado's kind of limitations in midfield. Um, so, I mean, overall, I mean, uh, Canoose lo- losing Canoose was a big blow. Losing Mackie Tall in the first game, losing Bradford Jamison. Then you don't have Jordan Allen mm-hmm. uh, and Kellen Costa for the last game. So, I mean, you're attacked right off the bat. You're missing three attackers. So it was a tough one. It was a tough one. And credit to Serbia. I thought Serbia played well. I thought, you know what, over the body of work for the, the actual match itself, I thought Serbia was the better team. Um, so, you know what, credit to them for winning uh, and, and yeah. making, making the PKs. But this U.S. team overall, I thought they had a good tournament. I, I don't think anyone can look at that and say, oh, they did, you know, they, they were terrible or, or they didn't or they didn't do well. Or Ty, Look, Ty Ramos did well, too. I mean, as much as I can say, you know, maybe he could have done some things different with his selections. I thought he did a good job handling that group. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and you just mentioned, you listed off a lot of guys, but, I mean, you just look at the quality of players on this roster, though. I mean, the Fords, I mean, some of these guys are contributing to their clubs. I mean, future's bright. Future's bright, man. And it's going to be, um, you know, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we yeah, don't want to get too we, ahead we, of ourselves, but, I mean, the, no, these, no, this right. generation I mean, and younger, I mean, oh, these guys, right. to me, this is this is the true developments of, of U.S. soccer, this age group, and the group that's younger. I, I think that we'll continue to see performances like this from from, from American players going forward. There's a lot of interesting prospects. I mean, yeah. we didn't even talk about everybody. The Savio Payne. I mean, he's a guy who know you know. Obviously, he he hadn't played for the U.S. before, uh, and, and he chose to play for the U.S. now. And, and I thought he was great. I thought he was. He's a, a very intriguing prospect as a fullback, as a versatile defender. He he's someone to watch for. So, um, this quite also few. Joel Sonora. We we didn't really didn't discuss him at all. I, he came off the bench a few times. I thought he he. Brought a different, he, different something different than what skill, anyone else had. But I mean, I, he, we got to see more of him. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he's got, you know, he, he's got talent. You can see, but yeah, no, I'm uh, not saying he's safe. Uh, I'm saying, but, but I, I, you I know, wouldn't necessarily discuss him right now. No, not really. I mean, he, okay, yeah, he has some skill, but I mean, if we're going to talk about the guys who actually played in this tournament and actually contributed and had good games in this tournament, he's not a guy that's going to get into that conversation. Well, Otherwise, I know, I know, I'm saying, I know, I'm saying this. Yeah, I'm saying this is like a the whole team. We've run through the you know 15 guys already you know we, no, no, 16, no. we ran together. through the guys who started and played well which was a lot almost all i, I think actually mo you, you could say something positive about almost all yeah. the guys who started regularly except maybe from Marky Delgado. but nah sonora i mean other than you know, a nice spin dribble uh people are going to remember the missed penalty so i mean <laughs> I, 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 I you know could he be a good player one day sure but he's not a guy to talk about Based off of this tournament. His his reaction was my favorite on the missed penalty. He like stuck his arms out as if like the post moved at the last second and betrayed him. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> yeah, post, you're not supposed to be there. I mean, I don't know. Look, you know what? PKs are obviously it's always a painful thing. Uh especially obviously when you come on the short end of it. But I mean, John Aquejo, that I mean, him and I mean Carter Vickers, look, Carter Vickers <laughs> was unbelievable in the game and the penalty was just shocking, but and then but again, it gets to that point. 
you know, he's not he's obviously not a guy who like who who's used to taking penalties. Requeo's penalty was just tragic. And look, not to crush it too bad because look, you know what? He's a promising left back at Club Tijuana. He's actually should he's he actually should get uh some good minutes at, at Tijuana now that Greg Garza has moved on. I think I think Requeo's a guy who could see some cup games and start to really move up in the pecking order over there at Club Tijuana. But that penalty, he better go work on penalties. Because I mean that I mean, not to kill him too much, but that was like a U8 penalty. That was like that was uh, like I, I, like my seven-year-old's uh, team. Uh, that's where I've seen penalties like that. Well, Rubio Rubin's wasn't the best either. And look, well, that, the we, whole we choppy wanna, run on yeah. We don't want to kill all the penalties. Look, no. penalties were bad, but the tournament was good. Way, way, there were way more positives than negatives. Uh, and I'm like, and you know what? I really want to see how many of these guys uh, move up to the qual- to the Olympic qualifying group. Because look, that the the, the age group that's that it's the, it's their Olympic qualifying cycle. That group is a little weak, and that group needs some reinforcements, and we can see them from this group, absolutely. Um, my only thing with the penalties is when guys do that whole tap, 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 and shoot. Like, go up there, like, Frederico Higuain and hammer it. Also, props to Emerson Hyman. That was a quality penalty by him uh, as well. I like to see that. Take two steps, uh, hammer it in there, there the a, confidence. I like No, there were, there were some good U.S. penalties. Not to, I mean, he, I thought Zellum, Zellum had a good penalty. Yeah, his was good, too. Um, even, though, look, Marquette Elgato, credit to him. Because I tell you what, if after having a bad tournament, <laughs> he then also missed the penalty, I mean, oh, my Lord, he would have been public enemy number one. But credit to Elgato, he converted his penalty. But Zach Steffen, I tell you oh. what, if anyone comes out of this tournament, just, I mean, it, it, it's similar on a much smaller scale to like the Tim Howard Belgian game from the standpoint of like, you know, you're pinning your hopes on him. If if you're going to win, it's going to be because of him. Uh, and, and I mean, he had big saves during the match. Well, b- and both made- saves came when, when Serbia was going for the win too. Yeah, exactly. I it's mean, like, that, that just added another level to it. Oh. He did it twice. And that's why it was just like, he did, like, Oh, and when he denied the Serbia goalkeeper too. Oh my, that was great. Uh, it's it's yeah. I mean, he honestly he should have taken one. I don't know why he didn't take one. It could not have been worse than either Carter Richter's PK or John Quay's PK. So I think I think they I think uh, you know usually goalkeepers are good at PKs because they practice them with their with their fellow goalkeepers. So I don't know what happened there, man. You know what, Zach Steffen, you should have taken a PK. But uh, no, no, great job by him though. And again, he I mean he's as as another example. Here's a, a, a kid with tons of talent, bright future, but he still has to do it on the pro level to take the next step up to move into the true national team picture. Right now he's at Freiburg. He obviously just got there, hasn't broken through, isn't isn't getting games yet, but he still has to do that. So give him, you know, give him some time and but I tell you what, man, if you just right now he just has to lose some hair. He has to you know, uh, you know, yeah, he needs he needs to sh- yeah he needs to shave that hair yeah, off his head. Got to shave it off. It's got to fall off. You know, natural. Whatever happens, he has to be bald. He's got about two more years with hair, and then by like three years, three years from now, if he still has hair, then then you can't really put him on national team because you know you know that's kind of the rule now. Yeah, <laughs> he got to be bald to be on national team. <laughs> Although I don't know if William Yarbrough would look good with a bald head. I got to be honest with you. Well, that's why he'll he'll never be a starter for the national team. There you go. Well, I'm sorry. He could be a starter, but a, uh, a starter in the tournament. There you go. I, I don't know about. I mean, yeah, he could get a game. Here That's what I'm saying. You know, if he starts a he'll game, never, then he is he'll a starter. Never be the number one because he yeah. just would not look like with a boy. <laughs> That's our that's our deep that deep deep analysis right there. Yeah, and before we move on and talk about the U.S. women national team at the World Cup, we'd like to remind everyone that SoccerLoco.com is a great place to find all U.S. soccer gear and all national team gear apparel. And a pretty cool offer right now, Ivis, is that if you go to SoccerLoco.com on your entire purchase online, you get ten percent off if you enter an SBI ten. It's a great deal. No, absolutely. If you're if you're a listener, if you're a regular listener, you definitely want to check out Soccer Loco. There are new sponsors. You definitely want to hit them up. And uh, I, I tell you what, I, I have to go now and get my son, my seven year old son, a Brazil jersey because he's a Brazil fan now. And it's kinda, I'm, I, and it's you know I feel it's like fine. he's changing every week. Well, no, my seven year old has been pretty pretty consistent on this just because he loves Neymar. Uh, actually, he loved, Messi's his favorite player, right? So when Argen, so he's rooting for Argentina, so I should get him an Argentina Messi jersey. But today, uh, it was Brazil versus Peru, big game 
in in the house, you know, Peru, my family's Peruvian, we got a roof of Peru. So I made I put I made my kids put on their Peru jerseys. And then at the <laughs> end of the game and, and at the end of the game, 90th minute, Neymar sets up the winning goal for Brazil, and my seven year old in his Peru jersey is like going crazy, celebrating. And I'm just like, Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so so I so I so I so I let him put I let him put his Brazil jersey on. So he could be happy, but I got to get him a new one because we he has he has an old Brazil jersey right now. So I'm gonna have to hit up Soccer Loco, and and they do have a nice selection of uh, mm-hmm. of of international jerseys. So if you haven't checked it out before, go check out Soccer Loco for jerseys, cleats, you name it, they got it. Yeah, all all the major brands: Adidas, Under Armour, Nike. Remember, SoccerLoco.com. Enter an SBI 10, 10% off your entire online purchase. Moving over to the U.S. women's national team, we'll be looking to advance out of the group stage on Tuesday when they take on Nigeria. The U.S. in two games has had their moments. They've looked shaky. They've looked beatable. Ivis, it's not going to be an easy game against Nigeria, um, but you don't have to assume that just the U.S. women will take care of business and be able to move on out of the group stage. I don't know, man. I don't know if we should assume anything in this tournament. I mean, we've seen some crazy results, right? I mean... Look at uh, look at France. France was you know I, France was my my pick to win the whole thing. You know I, I like France to win it, and Colombia, man, props to Colombia. They beat them. Uh, they beat they pulled the upset. Twenty eight beating the three <laughs> nationally ranked um, world rankings anyway. Uh, although there was a handball involved, yes, there was a clear intentional handball by <laughs> Colombia. I don't even like honestly like how. Like how does that even come in, come into your mind to do that in the middle? Of, like like it's man, I you know what? I can't believe that she she did that. <laughs> um, and I know people were killing the referee, but look if you if you paid attention and look closely, the referee was blocked by a there was a player. The angle standing, was tough, yeah. Well, there was a player standing directly between her and between the referee and the play itself, uh, uh, so she couldn't see it. She couldn't see it. The assistant referee needs to see it, but it, it was a bang bang play, and also. Your brain is kind of trained to look for things, right? Like look for certain things like you're used to seeing. Who is used to seeing someone trying to slap a ball away? Uh, you know, like shoulder height ball in the penalty area, a, 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 a non-goalkeeper try to slap a ball away. Like your brain just isn't expecting that, so it doesn't even see it. Like it almost kind of just slips through. But uh, but anyway, we've completely gone on a tangent. The point is anyone can – you know what? In this tournament – you can't take anyone for granted. We've already seen Nigeria show that they can score some goals, put some passes together. And, you know, this U.S. team, is, they're, they're, their midfield just hasn't shown much. And I think against a team that, that can pass the ball, that can create, that can keep the ball, there you go. You can have a little success against the U.S. Now, obviously, the U.S., what they, where they have shown something is they, they can wear teams down. They, they, they can wear you down in the second half just with their physicality, their athleticism. Um, but from a skill standpoint, I mean, we're still waiting to see the U.S. show the real skill that should make them a World Cup favorite, and we haven't seen it. We've seen them really relying heavily on their well for the Sweden game. They relied heavily on their defense, uh, relying heavily on individual plays, individuality, not team play. And I think you know Nigeria. You watch Nigeria play; they they play they play soccer. They knock it around. They pass. They move. Uh, so they absolutely are a live dog in this one. Well, and you mentioned the def- yeah. I mean, the defense has looked great so far for the first two games. I mean, someone like Julie Johnson has just been. I mean, for her, I mean, she's one of the younger players on the team. She's looked outstanding. But you're right, exactly with the midfield. Um, I mean, you just see the disconnect, especially you know when Abby Wambach's in the game. The U.S. just has no attack, and then if Megan Rapinoe is not delivering, and, and right now, I mean, Megan Rapinoe has been the best player on the U.S. team the last two games. I mean, against Sweden, they double-teamed her the entire game. She still had moments, but, I mean, when you watch the U.S., I mean, when Megan Rapinoe has the ball, it seems like it's the only time when something creative is going to happen. And unless she doesn't have the ball, it's, the attack really doesn't get anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, Jill Ellis has some, has some real real questions uh, to answer as far as her decisions in the lineup. And what's going on with Tobin Heath? I mean, I feel like the yeah, I, feel like I don't the, get that. I feel like the free Tobin Heath movement is in full swing. Put her on the wing. Put a real winger on the right wing. Uh, have your Rapino Heath wingers uh, play. You know, play Christian Press up top with Alex Morgan, uh, Cindy Larue. Obviously, you know, you got to try to find her get, get way to get her in there. But you got to shake some things up. And I'm not sure Abby Wambach's the answer in your starting lineup. Nope. I think bring her. You know, as P.S. Sunhaga said, yeah, you know what? She could be a, the best sub in the world, but she should be a sub. I kind of tend to agree with that. Um, but they, she needs to say, Jill needs to shake some things up because this team, yes, they probably beat Nigeria no matter what you yeah. do. 
may most likely. But when you get to the knockout rounds, I just don't think you're going to beat the better teams until you sort out your midfield and figure out a way to keep the ball, to knock the ball around, and to beat teams with passing as opposed to beating teams with just individual play. Well, the U.S. women will be looking to get it done Tuesday at 5 o'clock if you're on the West Coast, 8 o'clock if you're on the East Coast. And uh, and go to your local bar. Support the U.S. women. One thing, the uh, the fan support for the U.S. women has been awesome in both games. I mean, I know it's Winnipeg. It's easy for everyone to get to, but still, it's it's been it's been great to see the amount of U.S. fans there. No, it, it has absolutely. And, and all right, I'm going to be the grumpy old man here. Oh come on! I got a little bit of a pet peeve. If you're going to watch a game, be a fan, watch a game, enjoy the game, root for your team, get into the game, pay attention to the game. I am not a fan of people who get way too caught up with, get, with getting on TV or getting on the big screen. And it's like, it, it's fine if it's like one or two people, but when you get whole sections where they're all like way too excited to be getting on the camera, like it's just like, watch the game. Like you should be into the game, not looking at the camera to try to see if you can get a little FaceTime. Like, I mean, you don't, you just don't see that. I feel like. I mean, I just you know you're watching Premier League, La Liga. Well, right? You know when they when they cut when they cut to the you know when they, <laughs> they cut to the crowd. The crowd's watching the game. They are completely into the game. Uh, so you know what? Get into the game, people. Like really be into the game. Stop looking for the camera. That's all I'm saying. Man, dude, what is so wrong with you? The, yeah, that, that is no, like no, a get off my lawn, you kids. If you're listening, if you're a ten year old kid, you got face paint, you're trying to get on TV. Fine, I love. You know what? Love it, love it. Kids, do do all you. But I, I don't know. Everyone, you know, anyone else? Try to watch the game. That's what I'm saying. It's my. I know what you're saying. Because it's fake. Because you know my what? Thing is the yeah. wave when people do the wave. I'm like, oh, that's, come on. Yeah, that's too cheesy too. But like, I just think like when like you cut away to the crowd to see the the like excitement of the crowd being into the game. When you cut to the crowd and everyone's just all about the camera, it's like. Dude, are you there for the game? Or are you there to get on camera? That, that's that's all I'm saying. Like, well, you know what the- it is that that, but that's see, this is this is a, a, a question with society where we're on our phones all the time. We're looking, and then you put that up on Facebook. Oh, look at me! I'm at the World Cup. How cool it is! That's what the problem is. Yeah, no, but yeah, I don't know. I don't you know, know what it is? Did you see? Like, did you see the recent cover of Sports Illustrated? The one where American Pharaoh won. And then the picture was a bunch of people, and instead of just watching it, everyone has their phones out recording it. Like really, yeah. like like you're gonna take your phone out and, and show everyone at the eye. That to me is just insane to me that you can't just live the moment. No, I, I hear you on that. I hear you. On that. I, I just I don't know. I like I don't feel like I mean last year. I mean I was at the World Cup last year, so I mean I don't know on TV, I, but I feel like and I ta- actually I tape games. So I came back from Brazil. I watch games and I tape. I don't get. I don't see crowd shots at the Men's World Cup where where everyone's all about the camera. Man, it's you a get different, a couple different demographic. Also, I, I guess. Say. I guess, but you know what? I don't know. People watch the game. Get into the game. Support your team. Like, pay attention. That's all. You know what? Because if you pay attention, I think you'll be a more educated fan. And you'll be able to cheer when you're supposed to cheer. You can watch the game and you watch the game. That's all I'm saying. All right, Grand. All right, Grandpa. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. Get off my lawn. People. Yeah. In this past weekend, we had Major League Soccer. Not a busy weekend. I was throwing only five games, which is ten teams in action. So not a jam-packed weekend, but still some great games. Uh, the Seattle Sounders all over FC Dallas, defeating them 3-0. to zero. FC Dallas is struggling. And Seattle Sounders, Obafemi Martins, dude, the guy is unstoppable. But FC Dallas, man, the slide continues. It, look, it was a great performance by Seattle. They get Obafemi Martin's back, Clint Dempsey's back, uh, Brad Evans is back from, from his European trip with the national team, and it was a great performance by them. And, yes, FC Dallas, they are in a funk. They're in a complete funk. Uh, obviously, the first, the second, it was a tale of two halves. The first half was a bit more competitive. But, you know, you just never got a sense from Dallas that they were all going to be much of a threat. They just really weren't. I mean, Juan Diaz, you know, he's, he brings something to the table. But other, other than that, it, I don't know what's going on with FC Dallas, man. They're in a serious funk. Well, and I think the one thing though for Dallas is when you look at them, you know, I, I think that the, you know one, the team being plagued by injuries doesn't help, especially when it's your back line. But still, I mean, when you look at the roster they have out there against Seattle Sounders, I mean, you said you have, you have Mauro Diaz, you have Fabian Castillo, you have Blas Perez. I mean, you still have your regular contributors to the team. I mean, it, it could be the injuries to the defense, but I mean, Dallas is going to have to figure out something pretty quick here, Ivis. 
I think they need some. I think they need some uh, some reinforcements. And look, uh, they didn't have Ted Strachandelli. That didn't help. Uh, Blas Perez was coming off international duty. Uh, he came off. I believe he came off the bench in, in this one. Um, no, he, so, played, yeah. he played the full ninety in this one. <laughs> it seemed like he was. It seemed like he wasn't there in the first half. Yeah, he so was he, uh, non-existent. He, he 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 hasn't he hasn't been in the in the best run of form. So now look, if you're more if you if you're more Diaz, and and Blas Perez isn't isn't hitting on all cylinders. If he's kind of dragging along. And then you don't have, you know, Fabian. If you have Fabian Castillo, you know, who's been injured uh, for a couple weeks, uh, it's going to be tough, man. I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like they need to go get some reinforcements. They, they need at least one other, I think, one other attacking talent, like a decent level of attacking talent, to give them give them a little bit more firepower. All right, Davis, I'm going to start the hype tr- hype train a little early now. New York City FC is three to one. I don't care about that. More importantly. The team is 2-0 when Thomas McNamara gets the start. Dude, I'm starting the hype train on him. He is the answer to all of New York's problems. Watch it now, Ivis. He will take them to the glory land. Watch. He's a, he's a, look, he's a good player, man. I, I talked. To, I remember talking about him last year when he was at Chivas. Uh, really talented. But, but look, their defense. Number, <laughs> number one, look. Number one. Uh, look, great for them, two wins, but they haven't exactly beaten the powers. You know, <laughs> come on, Ivis, come on, don't kill it. These two wins, but no, but you know what? This is the thing. More than anything, they need confidence boosting. Mm-hmm. They need to get out of this funk of, of where they didn't win a game in a couple months. So now they won a couple of games, and that's how you start to slowly build momentum. So good for them, and and yes, good for McNamara that he really is starting to look like the player. That wowed us at Chivas USA uh, for that first month or so before he, he tore up his ACL. He looked good. Poku looked good, setting up the mixed discrude goal, and then mixed discrude coming off of the winner, uh, mm-hmm. the winner coming off of the goal against Germany. He scores a goal for, for NYCFC, and maybe that gets him rolling after you know what what was a pretty quiet and ineffective couple of months there for NYCFC. So now, if you get discrude playing high at a higher level, you get McNamara starting to step things up. Maybe they start scoring more goals. Having said that, the the defense is still, you know, is it where it needs to be? I still think they need some help. I mean, whether that's a Gucci Nyewu, whether they're going to go get some other players. And let's not forget, Frank Lampard is coming, right? I mean, I hope he is. I mean, I think he is by now, right? If you add Frank Lampard, that's obviously going to be a big boost for them. But I still think defensively, they're not where they need to be if they're going to be a serious playoff contender. Well, the good thing for them is they play in the Eastern Conference, so they rip off a couple more wins. They're back in the playoff picture where if they were at this point in the Western Conference, the playoffs would probably be uh, impossible for them. And moving on, the Columbus crew at LA Galaxy played to a 1-1 draw. LA with the opening goal. Columbus equalizes. And uh, besides that, Ivis, I mean, it was not a pretty game. Not a lot of good chances between both sides. This was a bad game. And to be fair to both teams... They had this super long lightning delay, uh, storm delay. Uh, I don't even know how many hours it was, but I mean that's got that's going to affect you. It's going to affect both teams uh, when when you you know you get your warm ups in and then you have to go sit inside, you cool off. Um, so it wasn't an ideal situation for either team. And I think under normal circumstances, these two teams are going to play pretty well. These two te- against each other, I think there's going to be a high level of soccer. We didn't get that in this game. This is a pretty ugly game. Uh, the crew did have more of the ball, as they they as they do more often than not. Uh, but it was pretty even. The shots were even. The, the shots on goal were pretty even. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there was there wasn't much to this game. I think if draws a fair result. I think if you're the crew, you know, even though you're at home and you, and you want to win at home, I think getting a draw kind of is going to help them a little bit because they they have been struggling to get results. And if you're LA, you'll take a point on the road, especially given the the unique circumstances of the night. Well, Columbus still searching for a victory, man. Their last win was May 9th against the Seattle Sounders. Right. No, I mean, look, like I said, you'd rather win. But I think I think Greg Berhalter realizes, look, this is an L.A. team that could have easily come in here and taken all three points. So, you know, they lost. They had lost two in a row. Um, so now they, you know, they get back, they get a point. Uh, now they come back and they they got they have New England at the middle in the middle of the week. Um, actually, no, they're off for a week and then they play. Uh, no, they go back. They play New England. Uh, that's gonna be a tough one. Then they get Real so late to get the Red Bulls. They in Montreal. Uh, you know what? They got some opportunities there for some points. So you know what? I wouldn't go. Yeah, you know, throwing dirt on the Columbus Crew's grave just yet, just because they they've got this this winless streak going on right now. They're still holding on to a playoff spot. They're currently uh, two points ahead of Philly for the sixth spot. But listen, folks, I think the Columbus Crew they'll be back. They'll get it together. 
Uh, New England Revolution, they picked up a big victory, first one since May 2nd. Uh, they've defeated the Chicago Fire 2-0. to Charlie Davies had a goal in this game. And uh, for New England, Ivis, uh, about time that they finally got a victory. Yeah, I mean, you kind of knew it was going to come, right? I mean, they're at home. They're playing a Chicago team that's struggling. Uh, I thought they were going to do well. Um, and, you know, credit to Diego Fagundes, who's, you know, obviously had a bit of a forgettable year. Uh, he, he For him to step up and score for them was big. Uh, and for the and, and the, more importantly, I think, for, for anything, their defense posts the shutout. And we know their defense had been struggling a bit in recent weeks. So for them to get that shutout, I think it's a big, big, uh, big result for them. So I think, you know what, New England, they're right back at it. They were in second place, four points behind D.C. for first place in the East. Uh, and they're going to get it together. I think. I mean, I know they're going to miss Jermaine Jones for, for the six to eight weeks that mm-hmm. he's going to be out. But um, I think they're going to be all right. I think they're going to score enough goals. They're not going to – I don't know if they'll shut people out necessarily on a regular, but I think the goals are going to be there. And Orlando City, big victory for them. They shook off all the distractions, all the controversy with the Adrian Heath comments and defeated DC 1-0. to And uh, Orlando City, man, undefeated in their last five games, climbing up the Eastern Conference playoff standings. Yeah, man, they're doing it. They're putting it together. Uh, what, can, what can we say? First of all, Kaka, right? Amazing player, great player. But uh, dude, you got to start doing a little better with these penalties, man. I mean, another penalty saved. Credit to him. He scores on his rebound. Uh, but it, it's just funny. He always picks the same side. I think people are on to him now. People do their homework. People, you know, the video study. Uh, he might need to figure something out. But look, credit to Orlando. Credit to their defense. I feel like their defense is, is really just really started to step it up a bit. And uh, they finally beat D.C. They played them three times. They lost the previous two times. And, and here they go. They finally get that, that victory. And and it is pretty crazy to think that, you know, after that slow start that they had, uh, that they've already climbed up to third place in the in the East. And that's uh, that's pretty damn impressive. Uh, they also did it without Kyle Aaron, who's who's on national team duty with Canada, mm-hmm. uh, Canada, who won their uh, their World, uh, World Cup qualifier. I mean, they already have World Cup qualifiers going on. Um, but credit to Orlando, man. They're, they're doing it. They're putting it together. They they, they uh, five games unbeaten. 3-0-2, and now, guess what? They this Next weekend, they play Montreal, absolutely a winnable game. We play Colorado, absolutely a winnable game. And they play Real Salt Lake, and all of a sudden, you're looking at, hey, you know what? If they get it together, they could they, they could stick around for a while in this playoff, playoff conversation. Oh, my gosh. I don't think the league is ready for Orlando City fan hype if they somehow get to the first spot in the Eastern Conference. They're not getting that far. Come on. <laughs> take it easy. Take it easy. What's that? They're What's only that eight points. They're eight points off with two games in hand. Eh, no, I don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, look. I think by the end of the year, they're going to be at three at best, five, six more likely. Uh, they're good. Te- they, yeah, it's still, they're still an expansion team. I think there's still some question marks there. But again, it's it's being in the East. Being in the East helps. Helps uh, definitely helps you a lot because I mean, you know, if you're looking at. Uh, where if we're looking at overall in the stand, let's see if they if Orlando was in the West, right? They'd be what second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. They would be eighth in the West. Those Ivis, those are just details, man. Come on, I'm just saying. So you know what? In the East, anything is possible. But I, like I said, I mean, I think I think DC and New England, when it's all said, will stay at the top. I think Toronto is going to start heading toward the top. I think now that they're settling in, Michael Bradley's you know on fire. Uh, Javinko is the best, playing the best soccer in the league at the moment. Uh, they're heading up that way, so I think that's going to be your top three. Then from there, there's that, there's that, you know, there's going to be that fight for those next three places. Uh, Red Bulls are in that conversation. The Crew, Orlando, uh, Philly still knocking around. Montreal's got a ton of games in hand, uh, so it's it's going to be interesting. But Orlando, you, you know what? Already, you, let's not forget they're an expansion team. So credit to Adrian Heath for the job he's done at this, so far to this point. A reminder, SBI fans, if you're looking to gear up for the summer, buy some new cleats for the adult league season, rep your favorite national team or international club, go to SoccerLoco.com, enter SBI10 at the online cart when you're about to purchase, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. It's a great opportunity for your rep team. If your team's in the EPL, La Liga, Bundesliga, if you got a national team, you know, Australia, Switzerland, any of those, you can get it at SoccerLoco.com. Enter SBI10, get 10% off your entire online order. On the Americans Abroad front, Ivis, 
Bobby Wood. There are rumors that he may be moving up to Stuttgart. What is the latest on this? And uh, just from the outside looking in, it looks like it'd be a great move for him. Obviously, it would. Uh, a chance for him to be in the Bundesliga is, is big, and, and it, it seems like there's a connection there uh, between him and the club. Uh, so if they do take a chance on him, it'd be absolutely great. Um, you know, is he ready for that level? Only, only time will tell, but he definitely turned heads. And I said it, man. I mean, look, you go and you score a winner against the Netherlands and Germany in the same week. It doesn't matter where you play or who you play for. When you do that, you instantly go on people's radars. And when they see the asking price, I mean, look, clubs have money, right? So here here he is on the scrap heap, 1860, more than happy to to move him along. They probably would have gave him away for nothing before these friendlies. But now that he scores these two goals, they got to put a price tag on him. Is the team willing to throw a million or a million five on him? Absolutely. Because, they, you know, they, they see him scoring some goals against some pretty high-level competition. So, you know, credit to him. Good job. You know, great for him. And, look, he's a young player who, you know what, maybe he catches fire. Maybe confidence is all he, all he needed. And, um, he's a, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a humble kid, pretty pretty uh, soft-spoken. And I've had a chance to talk to him. Uh, a few times, and 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 th- it was obviously a tough go for him with his club situation and with the national team. Last fall, the guy missed tons of chances. Uh, Clemson kept giving him opportunities, and people were like, "Why the hell is Clemson keep giving these keep giving Bobby Wood opportunities when he keeps missing them?" But here you go, Clemson gets rewarded, and now Bobby Wood might get rewarded. Yeah, well, hey, but Bob, like I said, Bobby Wood showed moments. The one thing he was just missing was. That that final finishing play, and he started to deliver, and and I think people you know people may be starting to notice, but he looked pretty good before. Um, in NASL, New York Cosmos have won the spring title. They went undefeated, five wins, five draws, and for the Cosmos, I mean, let's face it, I just mean they're they're, they're the top of the NASL. Well, obviously, they don't they didn't lose a match all, all season. Now they're going to head to the next season, and and we'll see if they can pull off the sweep and. Uh, the pressure's on now. These other teams in the league, you know, you feel like the Cosmos have pretty much lapped the field. Um, and there is that gap. And, and and the thing, funny, you know, when you came into the season, you felt, okay, Minnesota can compete with them. San Antonio, you know, you, you, they're the defending champions. Will they compete with them? And no, neither team has. Tampa Bay obviously took a step up. They they moved up to second place. Minnesota has has now sold Miguel Ibarra. Their their best player, so you want to see how they respond to that, who they go and get. Um, so it, it, it's it's there's almost kind of a scramble now. How will these teams respond uh, and reload to try to challenge the to the challenge the Cosmos? And and let 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 me tell you, folks, the Cosmos are not are not just sitting on their they're not resting on their laurels. They're not sitting there. They don't have that spring trophy and thinking, oh, we're good. We don't need to do a thing. We don't need to. They're active. I mean, I'm already hearing some names. I can't, I can't mention any now. I might write about it tomorrow. But they, I'm, they're out there, man. They're out there talking to some pretty, you know, pretty big players. So we'll see. We'll see just how, how high the Cosmos keep raising the bar. And let's see how these other NASL teams start to respond. But overall, as the spring, as far, as far as the spring season itself, I thought it was a good season. Tampa Bay stepped up. Jacksonville, really, uh, next to the Cosmos, Jacksonville is the story of the season because as an expansion team, come in and do what they've done, play well, score goals, play an attractive brand of soccer, draw good crowds. Uh, truly, truly a success story for an ASL. And the Copa America is in full swing right now down in South America, and the first round of games have been – I've seen some powerful teams – Already dropped Venezuela all over Colombia. Argentina, Paraguay comes back and scores two goal against Argentina. And Brazil has to score a goal in stoppage time. And Copa America, Ivis, if you're not watching it, it's been a really awesome start. Uh, it's, it's it's crazy, man. The, 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 the competitiveness and the parity in the tournament. Uh, for those who don't remember, the last Copa America, it, it, was, it was similar. The last Copa America had the powers fall, Argentina, Brazil. Um, and now, I mean, I tell you what, man, this is crazy. Uh, Mexico settles for a draw against Bolivia. Uh, like you said, Colombia and Argentina lose, uh, drop, they drop points. Brazil nearly held to a tie by my beloved Peru. I had to sit there and watch them th- them give up the tie and watch my seven-year-old celebrate. That was pretty hilarious. Um, but th- th- it's great. It's great because it, it just it, it just forces everyone to step their games up. And you get these star players that have come over from Europe uh, and maybe you know have forgotten how competitive these these games will be. 
I mean, they're, they're all going to be competitive, and, and there's, there's there's always that opportunity for for uh, an upset. So I'm looking forward to some of the bigger, obviously high profile games that have yet to come: Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, Uruguay. Uh, there's going to be some good tests in Chile. Obviously, the host country. I think they're gonna. I still, like I said, they're gonna. I think they're gonna have a good tournament. But listen, folks, you have to find time to watch these games because it's it's fun stuff, man. The the, the passion of the, the crowds in Chile. The, the talent on the field. I mean, look, Colombia. I mean, think about this, right? Colombia, look at their attack, right? Fa- Radamel Falcao, Carlos Baca, who, who just won Europa League. Um, Juan Cuadrado, who just went who just went to Chelsea on a bazillion-dollar move. Uh, and then James, James Rodriguez, freaking World Cup star. So they get that quartet, and they can't even score a goal. I mean, that, that it, it's crazy. So great tournament. If you don't have B in sports, I I feel for you. But uh, and for those of you unaware, I believe they're actually showing Copa America games on YouTube. So if you want to watch the games, you can actually watch them online. There's been uh, billboard advertisements all over Phoenix for the Copa America. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm always shocked to see it in Phoenix. I don't know why. Well, it's... Mexico's in it, so I'm sure that that's a big boost. Even though no, this no, Mexico no. Team... On the banner, they had it was Messi and uh, and um... Hamas or no, Neymar. Ne- yeah, Neymar. It was Messi and Neymar. Yeah, you can't go wrong with those two, man. People love yeah. messing And moving over to Europe, qualification for the Euro 2016 is still underway with games this past weekend. Uh, England, they defeat their stay perfect in their group. Wales defeating Belgium, Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal. Cristiano Ronaldo had a hat trick, and Portugal uh, defeated Armenia. Um, you're going to have 24 teams qualify for this tournament, which will be the largest one ever. And uh, and dude, yeah, yet some yet some major games. I mean, Wales over Belgium. Man, Wales, they're undefeated in their group so far. It's funny, man. Belgium, with all the talent that they have, and uh, look, nothing against Wales, but you would most people would pick Belgium to beat Wales. But credit to Wales, they're on top of that group. And I mean, when you look at some of these Euro qualifying groups, uh, I mean, it's a little crazy. Uh, group A, you have Iceland and Czech Republic ahead of the Netherlands. Uh, you have Wales ahead of Belgium in Group B. You have Slovakia ahead of Spain in Group C. Now, look, it's early. There, there's still quite a bit of games to go. You, I think it's f- at least yeah, there's four rounds to go. So plenty can happen still, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, Poland ahead of Germany right now in Group D. Um, Ro- I mean, Romania ahead of Northern Ireland Group F. Can you believe that? <laughs> well, look, for that's, top two- that's the weakest group out of that, that, this group. Is Greece? Is the, Greece should probably be the strongest team in this group, and they're last in, in their group in Group F. Uh yeah, I mean there's some, well group well yeah group F is pretty bad. Faroe <laughs> Islands is fourth. What's going on? Oh my gosh, can you imagine if they qualify? Oh. They're not that far off. There. But anyway, uh yeah no, I mean it's like, I feel like 100 teams qualify, so it's not even it doesn't even matter that Germany and Spain and that's the thing, right? I mean when you allow so many teams to qualify, it kind of takes away the the urgency uh for these teams. So these teams that are sitting in second place, they're fine. They don't care if they talk the group or not. Um. But I mean, it's gonna make. I think there'll, there'll still be some exciting games uh, in in qualifying, and, and as being the lucky American soccer fans that we are, we get to see all this soccer uh, on TV. So it's great. Plus, we get it with. Uh, it will also Cohen. It will also, I think it wraps up in the schedule of the um, the hundredth anniversary of the Copa America, which will take place in the U.S. So I think we get. Uh, European Euros, soccer in the mornings, and then, get, and then well, Copa the, America. The summer, look, the summer of twenty sixteen is gonna be crazy, right? You're gonna have. Copa, Copa America Centenario. Uh, they cancel it because of all the corruption. Um, Euro 2016 and the Olympics. So, I mean, there's going to be tons of soccer to, to folks. And there'll be some World Cup qualifiers sprinkled in there, I'd imagine. So, you know, that's a year from now. Let's, we got enough to talk about now, but that's crazy when you just think about what next year is yeah. going to be like. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be it's gonna be awesome, Ivis. Good time to be a soccer fan. Yes. It's always, dude, it's always a good time to be a soccer fan. Yeah, but even more so these days. I, I mean think. these these kids are, you, these kids are so unless, lucky nowadays. Like, they get they get all these games on TV. Yeah, unless you work for FIFA, it's a good time to be a soccer fan, right, Amanda? That's true. Hey, come on, Ivis. Not everyone in FIFA is guilty. Mm, a lot of them. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, did you see that? By the way. <laughs> so I don't. I mean, it happened before our last show. We didn't talk about it. So I don't know if you saw the director of communications for FIFA. Was fired. Was pretty. I mean, I, I don't think they announced that he was fired, but he was pretty much fired, and he was fired because apparently he go he went on a TV show, and uh, I don't know if it was in Sw- Switzerland or wherever. So he was asked, uh, "You, he, you're in a car with Seth Blatter and Jerome Valk. Who's driving?" And he and what do you think his answer was? 
Uh, wait, wait, wait. Say that joke one more time. Hold on. It's the it's okay. It's the director of communications for FIFA. Yes. On a TV show, and he was asked, "Okay, if if, if you're in a car with Seb Blatter and Jerome Valk, and Jerome Valk is the number two at FIFA. He's Seb Blatter's number two yeah. at FIFA. Who's driving? And what do you think he said on TV? Oh man, I don't know. The police. Uh. <laughs> he, he legitimately said that. Now look. It was funny as hell, but you don't make that joke now with everything going on. So needless to say, he got forced out. He got he got thrown out. That's worth it. That's, his... that's worth it. That, uh, was it, though? I mean I, <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess, you know what? There's something. Maybe he was pulling an office space and was trying to get fired, and you can't really blame him considering the dumpster fire that is FIFA at this point. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was pretty hilarious. So, anyway, I know we went on a complete tangent there. What were we talking about? Uh, FIFA, and then we're lost now. No, we're, no, we're talking. We're talking. We at the end of the show, so we're just we're rambling at this point. We don't yeah. ramble anymore. That's that's the biggest problem facing. I'm not paying show. attention. I'm just reading Game of Thrones tweets now because it, it was the season finale, and I'm not spoiling it for anybody. But uh, holy crap, what a what a what a finale! So there you go. <laughs> you better watch it. A lot of people are dead. Great. That's not really spoiling it. People die every episode. It's the Game of Thrones. Do they? Oh, yeah. There's always, listen, there's always nudity. There's always killing. And uh, pretty much those are two main ingredients of every episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, see, I'm not allowed to watch things with nudity anymore since I'm, like, married. Nah. <laughs> uh, you're not married yet, though. Come on. No, no. <laughs> I, think, I think you're all right. You should live a little. <laughs> <laughs> sticking, man. Your freedom is will be gone soon. You enough. know, I did read a hilarious. So, so you'll appreciate this. So, we we were on TripAdvisor and we're looking for a honeymoon spot, right? So we're reading reviews, and this one lady's review was: Americans beware. There's a lot of topless women on the beach. Dot dot dot. If you have Puritan values, don't go there. I looked at my fiance. I was like, Oh, we are definitely going to that resort right there. <laughs> and I'm sure she left. Yeah, I think she did. Or was she mad? I can't remember. <laughs> she left on the inside. Sure. <laughs> or I think she gave me like the whole like. You gotta watch your stuff. You gotta watch what you say when you're married. You just got. I mean, at least early on, the first few years. Once you got your ten years in, then you can pretty. Then 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 you can. Just then talk then you crap. can coast. Not coast, but you can kind of bust bust chops, talk crap. But when you're early early days, you kind of want to watch yourself. Which reminds me, like just this, the other day. There was a. I was watching some TV report on the on the the recent jailbreak. Right, there were the two two killers were who escaped from prison recently. So, so actually, one of the anchors was was told that he should stay in jail and see and see what life's like there, and then, then he can see if he can escape. And I think he said. So I think that guy. I think it was Chris Cuomo, maybe from CNN, and he said something like, uh, "There's no prison that can hold me, uh, ex- except." Except marriage, <laughs> and it's like way to go, buddy. You just told your wife your your marriage is in prison. That was great. That's hilarious. That was hilarious. That's you know what he's definitely, hopefully for his sake, been married more than 10, 15 years. Oh my god, that's hilarious. You don't say that in the you you can't get away with that in your first five. Years. If you do that in your first five years, you're you're in trouble. You're sleeping on the couch. Your stuff's getting thrown in the street. Not it won't be, it wouldn't be good for you. <laughs> I've never slept on the couch. Have you? Have you? Uh, not well by choice. I've slept on the couch, All right. like passed out or, or just whatever. But no, I've never been summoned to the couch. That's not happening. Listen, I'm in my bed. I will sleep in my bed when I want. Oh god. I want. <laughs> yeah. No. This is this, that's not happening. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Since you always you and I like to talk movies, have you seen Nightcrawler yet with Jake Gyllenhaal? Dude, you gotta watch it, Ivis. Why? It it is awesome. It is a great, it is a really awesome movie. I'll check it out. You'd like it. He he's it didn't it, it, like the guy can act, man. He's you gotta watch him. It's a good movie. I think you'd like it. Hmm. You'd appreciate it. Don't I'll sound too it. don't sound too excited. I'll check it out. Uh well that did, Ivis, by the way, did we huh. talk about Jurassic Park? The what? Oh, we did talk about it. Right? Yeah, we talked about it. Okay, oh, how lame was that part when he's with the Velociraptors on the motorcycle? Well, it's because he it was. I mean, I don't want to give you this, give the way movie away, but he actually was training them. Like, no, like he 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 was familiar with them already. Like, ah. his job was to train them. So, do you want? Do you care if I tell you the fucking? No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. I that okay. All right, don't tell me anything, man. Yeah. So they were like 
following him. Like that wasn't like him. Hey, I'm cool. I'm writing. This thing. <laughs> no, it was. They were on. They they were on the mission. That's all I'll say. All right. There you go. Fair enough. Okay, then maybe I will have to see it. Um, and one more thing, actually, before we wrap up the show, the U.S. Open Cup is going to be played on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. This is the round when all the major league soccer teams finally enter. Uh, after the USL, NASL, PDL, and all the other teams have gone through um, the qualification process. You have some really good matchups between a lot of regional teams between the different leagues. You have New York Cosmos taking on New York City FC. You also have Sporting Kansas City, St. Louis FC, Colorado Rapids taking on the Colorado Springs Switchbacks, Houston Dynamo, Austin Aztecs doing a lot of awesome regional matchups, which makes the U.S. Open Cup... uh, such a fun tournament at, at this point of uh, of the um, of the knockout rounds. Yep, and you're down to your final 32, uh, and there's some there's some great matchups. I mean, I'll, I will be at the uh, Red Bulls Atlanta Sil- Silverbacks match on Tuesday, and I will be at the New York Cosmos NYCFC match on Wednesday. Uh, those are two two good ones. Obviously, Portland Seattle is probably the, the marquee match of of the round. Uh, they're playing that one at Star Starfire. They're not. Uh, they're not going to go to Central Central Link. They're going to try to pack up Starfire as they do for their Open Cup runs, and uh, that'll be an interesting one. And else, look, Seattle man, they have so they play the Timbers, and then Seattle Sounders too play Salt Lake. So uh, uh, that'll be interesting to see how far that that team can go. But you have St. Louis Sporting KC. Uh, I like that matchup. That that's going to be a, a fun one. And uh, yeah, I mean, if there's Sacramento San Jose. That that's going man. There's a lot of good matchups. So uh, you definitely want to if you're if you're looking for the schedule, you're gonna want to go to ussoccer.com and, and and you can you can find uh, you can find the schedule there. Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, round of 32. We'll see if uh, the Cosmos and the Silverbacks can keep the NASL's hopes alive because they're the last two teams left. Also, you failed to mention a huge regional matchup: PSA Elite taking on LA Galaxy Two. And PSA Elite, that is the official SBI sponsored team, right? Oh. Why? Why are they there? We gotta support the underdogs, Ivis. Come on, man. Listen, no team with elite in their name. It can be that much of an underdog. It's a little snobbish. Uh, it's a little. Uh, no. no, it's not snobbish. They're just letting you know what's we're up. elite. We're elite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look, no offense. I'm just kidding, people. I'm just kidding. Great story that they've gotten this far. Uh, I would have probably rooted for the Chula Vista team a little bit more than this team. Uh, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, look, they play. Look, if they beat the Galaxy, I mean, that'd they're be not amazing. going to. But I know. But look, joking aside, listen, this PSA Elite team—they got some talent on their team. They got they got some uh, some UCLA uh, players on their team. They have Chase Gaspar and Nathan Smith, two two quality defenders uh, from UCLA over there. So you know what? Maybe they maybe they have a chance for an upset there. That'd be that'd be pretty shocking times in LA. If they can knock off the galaxy, but you know what? It'll be enough that they get to go play at StubHub, uh, play the Galaxy, whoever the Galaxy put out uh, for that match. I mean, we know the Galaxy in the through the recent years hasn't hasn't necessarily, uh, you know, had they, the most interest. At least you know what? they're I not going to. They're not going to. They will win this game. There's, oh my gosh! Could you imagine if they lost? Ugh. Is it so? What they only lose to Charlotte? I think is who's the team that's beaten them like the last oh, couple of Car- years? Oh, Carolina Railhawks. The real, yeah, the real. And they had to go on the road twice, I think, both yeah, times. Two di- yeah, both times. So they're at home. So you know what? Hopefully they put out, put out a strong effort. But uh, I'll be I'll be at the Silverbacks Red Bulls game, and I'm looking. I tell you what, NYCFC against the Cosmos. That one is going to be something special because you know what? It, it's a it's a rivalry. It's a it's a derby matchup. Cos I know I'm sure Cosmos fans are up for it. Uh, I'm sure NYCFC, NYCFC fans are going to be up for it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I, I'm sure it's going to be sold out at uh, at Shewart Stadium, which is the Cosmos home home stadium for now. Uh, David Villa against Raul. I mean, come on. That, I mean, that's going to be a, that's going to be a fun one. Well, if you want to watch any of these games, make sure you check the club's YouTube pages. A lot of them will be streaming the games. As we said, games will be on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, which will then lead into the uh, the next round, and then so on and so forth from there. We'll be a little more spread out. Next round, fifth round, will be in in July. So uh, enjoy and, these and, games and, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, and look, the, I tell you what, the site that does the best job, and maybe and, and legitimately the only site that does that really tries to cover the US Open Cup thoroughly, uh, it's thecup.us. I'll I'll give them a little plug here. Uh, they do such a great job of of really trying to trying to cover it uh, properly. So. 
Well, FBI will have a ton of coverage. You want to check us out as well. But if you want to, uh, you know, get live, like get all the streams together, yeah, check, check them out. Give them a little support. Thecup.us. Plus, the other thing they do well too is is you can go back and like look at the history too. It's it's fascinating just to look up like teams that have just popped up in it twenty years ago. It's yeah, right. They do an awesome job. With that, Ivis, it ends. Today's SBI show. I'm going to let you go. Busy week, Tuesday, Wednesday, U.S. Open Cup. Also, Tuesday, U.S. Women's National Team. So, we'll talk to you later this week. We'll be recapping all that, previewing MLS soccer, talking Copa America. Enjoy the week, and, uh, and I'll talk to you later, man. Sounds good. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the views. Thank you for the comments. That is Ivis Galarsep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI show. <laughs>